and speaks to us. So if you do have a Bible with you, but I think it's going to come up on the screen. (coughs) We're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through to 10. And it says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in body or out of body, I do not know. God knows. (coughs) Excuse me. And I know that this man, whether in body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. (coughs) But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name's Judy, and uh, really lovely to be uh, with the Bourneville congregation this morning. I'm part of the leadership at, at Riverside, and uh, just a lovely feeling of celebration this morning uh, that uh, really gladdens my heart. So thank you for that. Um, we're looking at paradoxes. We're looking at the kind of ands of the Bible at the moment, the kind of opposites that somehow uh, come together in the Gospel of Jesus. And this one, strength and weakness, weakness uh, do come together in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That actually our culture and the Corinthian culture that Paul was speaking into have that same thing that actually we've got to remain strong, that we've got to have it all together, whereas actually the gospel of Jesus was based on fragility, was based on, even at the cross, an incredible picture of the most fragile man and yet a powerful, powerful God. And uh, some of you will will know the story uh, of the film, The Little Bear. It was one of my favorite films growing up. Um, It wasn't an animated film or anything like that. It was actually based on real life photography. And uh, it was filmed in Canada, in the mountains uh, there in Canada, and it's called The Little Bear. I don't know if anyone knows it, but uh, I really loved it as a film. And in the early scenes of the photography of the film, you see a little bear learning from the father bear. And the way it's it's filmed, uh, you see them learning together, the little bear trying to copy the actions of this huge, huge bear. And you see him sort of uh, scratching his back on the bark of a tree. You see him learning to fish with his paws. And you get to grips with the fact that he's being trained in the wilds, that actually he's been given the skills, if you like, to be out there as a little bear on his own. 
own. Should the day ever come when he's on his own, the father bear is teaching him those skills. And one such day comes along and the little bear is suddenly separated from his father and you see him face to face with a mountain lion. And the roar of the lion and the huge force of the lion, you fear with all your heart, if you're like me and empathetic when you're watching these things, you think this little bear has had it. He's absolutely had it. But then he stands there and he remembers what his father has taught him and he stretches to his full height, and uh, which isn't very high, probably like me in heels, five foot two. And he stretches up as high as he can and he does this little roar and it comes out almost like a tiny little cough in the film. It's so insignificant in the face of this huge towering force of a lion that it's almost laughable that you just think that's not going to do it. But suddenly the lion looks him in the eye and cowers and then runs off again into the undergrowth, into the wilderness. And then you see the cinematography, the cameras pan out and you think, how did that happen? And then caught in the next camera shot is there in the shadows was the father bear, fully outstretched to his towering strength. Not in the shot, but there nevertheless. And I think it's a a really, really brilliant parable or a paradox of the actual fact that we are that little bear, aren't we? When life gets tough and we kind of know that we've learnt from the Father that he is strong and he is able and he is powerful, but sometimes our little thing feels like a little cough and a little tiny stretch in comparison to what life throws at us, what we face daily, and there are many, many things that we face. But we have a God who has said he's power is made perfect in weakness as we hear in this passage in 2 Corinthians that actually he delights even in our weaknesses because he can be strong for us and with us and that he's never really far from us that actually although the shot doesn't see him he's there And life feels like that, doesn't it? Sometimes we think, oh, you're out of the shot. I've been picked off. I'm on my own. I'm out there. And so that is why we're spending just a little bit of time this morning looking at what Paul said. Because Paul seems to be a bit of a superpower of the gospel, doesn't he? You know, we look at the the New Testament and he's there. He's doing it. You know, we look at the Acts of the Apostles, if you know that book. And, And it's just incredible, the conversion experience that he has and the way that he goes on to minister to so many people. Now, he is speaking into a culture here that does not celebrate vulnerability. The Corinthian culture thought humility was sin. They thought it was absolutely abhorrent. And they'd shaped their theology through the culture of the day. And don't you think we're a little bit like that too? That we still let the culture of our day shape our theology. And we're a bit ashamed of unanswered prayer. You know, if we've gone the third week for prayer about the same thing, is there a bit of us that thinks, I wish I could come with a good news story and we're going to be celebrating some of those on Friday, and rightly so. But some of us are thinking, well, I can't bring my my situation because it feels very much the same. And Paul, interestingly, when we look at this, if you look at what he says um, in the text, he actually says, I will boast. I must go on boasting 
but I'll tell you what I'll boast about. In other words, he's meeting these guys who had criticized him in chapter 11. They've criticized Paul as not being spiritual enough. And we think, wow, we think he's pretty spiritual. But they've actually criticized him and he's been addressing that. And he says, go on then. I will boast and I'll tell you what I'll boast about. And then he does, I think, quite a funny thing. You know, in films and in soap operas where we say asking for a friend. Do you know what I mean by that? You know, uh, it wasn't me. It was somebody else. He puts himself into the third person here. And he says, I know a man in God who had this incredible vision of heaven. So much so that if you like, he was taken out of himself. He says, I know that this man was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Now, he's being really strong here because he's deliberately saying, my weaknesses are what I bring to the Lord. And this really happened to him. It happened, he says, 14 years ago. But he talks about himself in the third person, I think, deliberately to try and say it wasn't about me. It was not about me. And he's getting at the super apostles. Now, I don't know if you know any super apostles, but they're the kind of people who've got a hotline to heaven. They've always just been connected with God in some incredible way. They've had five visions before breakfast, and I'm being cheeky here. But you know the kind of people I mean. And immediately you're dwarfed by it. Because you think, oh, if only I had that, you know. But Paul says 14 years ago this happened. So that suggests to me that he's still living on the strength of it and the reality of it has never left him. But he can't manufacture that same experience again. And many of us have tried, haven't we? I know my conversion experience was incredibly dramatic. That won't surprise you, it needed to be. But actually, from from then on, I can go back and I can say, I know that day that the Spirit of God met me and I've never been the same again. But I haven't been able to quite get that particular combination of factors back that that same experience happens. So he's saying, I am strengthened hugely by that experience, but they are not happening to me all the time. And so he is saying that actually, what is it then that helps him? What is it that he will boast about? He will boast about a man like that, that has had a vision of heaven, that has been taken up to heaven. But he says, actually, he will boast of his weaknesses. Therefore, to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now, this one's a tricky one if you have read commentaries on it or you know a little bit about it. There are different views as to what the thorn might have been. Some say he had a really bad sight problem. Others say it may well have been depression. But we actually don't know. And I think that's deliberate. I think it's deliberate that we don't know what this weakness was, this repeated area. It could have been a repeated area of sin that he couldn't quite throw off. We don't know. But what we do know is he doesn't name it. And I think if he'd named it, some of us would have said, oh, that's me, I've got that. But others of us would have then said, well, my thorn's nothing like that. And the culture that he was writing to in Corinth were the culture that said if something was wrong with you, it was to do with sin, either your own sin or generational sin. So actually, this is a brave move. This is strength and weakness in combining when he says, I was given a thorn. Now, he then says, a messenger of Satan. He doesn't say, Satan gave me a thorn 
and there is a difference. He has a thorn, and it could be, as I say, an illness, it could be something that uh, is a repeated sin, we don't know, but he has a thorn, but it's become a messenger of Satan. And I know, I think in my life, that that can be really true, that we tie a message on a particular area of answered, unanswered prayer, and we make that our thorn, and we tie a message on it that is negative, that's, oh, if I was a better Christian, if I'd just prayed a bit harder, if I'd just, you know, had a bit more faith, this would have happened. But Paul is not saying that. He's actually saying it can be a messenger from Satan, but actually it has kept me from being conceited. Uh, when I started out, and some of you know this, when I started out in speaking, I was uh, in uh, Salt Mine, I was acting at the time, and a lovely man, a GP, uh, who I'd grown to know him really well and his family, came to me and he said, I understand that you are gonna be starting doing some speaking, and, uh, and, and I was becoming a leader at, at the time, and he said, my wife and I were out and we saw this uh, when we were shopping in Devon, and we bought it for you, and it's just a, a tea light in a little candle holder covered in uh, handmade paper. And the handmade paper at certain points is very fragile. It's very, very thin. And in other times, it's quite bold in color. And he said, I wonder if it is, Judy, that God would say, hold on, because the light will shine through you even where you are most fragile, even where your weaknesses are on display. Now, <laughs> I look back at myself and realize that I was guilty of pride because I remember thinking, oh, isn't that lovely of him? But actually, I'm going to shine for him. You know, that's a lovely thing. But I think he's got me slightly wrong because I'm just going to go out there, you know, and, and I was in a really happy relationship. I was in my dream job. Everything was going well for me. And I thought that was going to be my ministry, to be a happy, shiny person that therefore radiates the gospel of Jesus. So I kind of shelved it a bit. I thought, well, that's lovely. Um, thanks very much, John and family. But actually, I don't think that's going to be me in my infancy as a Christian. But I think, again, we're shaped by the culture around us, aren't we? I thought I had to be successful in every area of my life. But then, to cut a long story short, a lot of those things changed. And I was flat on the floor. And I was thinking, I don't know, is my ministry over? Who knows? But very publicly, it looked like it could have been. And I think then, and only then, I started to realize just what that little candle holder means, that tea light, that where we have a thorn, and I believe every one of us here could name one. We're not going to do it publicly, just <laughs> suddenly looking worried. Uh, we're not going to bear our thorns in public, but we all have them. We have areas that we think, why, Lord? You know, and he says three times I asked for this to be removed. He's been tenacious. He's believed for it. And yet there it is still there. And in our, in our unanswered prayer areas in our life, they can either make us tie a ribbon on and say, I'm not good enough. Hear that voice that says, not good enough Christian, not a super apostle. Or we can say, I lean on God's mercy, his grace, his power is made perfect in weakness. It's not just his strength, it's his power that comes through that weakness. That actually we think, you know, all my gifts, I mean, I'm guilty of this, I do strength finder with people, I love that. But often there's a, there's a flip side to all of those strengths, isn't there? And actually, according to God's mercy, he will use your fragility. 
And even as you think now of the thorn that you might have, he's using that beyond what you can see. Out of shot, the father stands. And out of shot, there are people watching your life, seeing how you're getting through it somehow, who are seeing the glory, the strength, and the power of God. More than if you had it all sewn up. Because he's saying, super apostles, you're great, but actually, it's my weakness that's going to make me rely on God. Does that make sense? Um, Some of you know I've um, just been uh, working with some North Koreans on the border with uh, South Korea a couple of weeks ago, and it was a little bit of an under-wraps trip, so you may not have known about that, but uh, it's uh, a postponed trip from last year with Release Women. And we worked there with some women who were just out of North Korea, so at a place called First Place, which means that they have just come and they are being disciples. Some of them have just found out what the word love means, because under the regime there, they've never heard it, or they've only heard it uh, in relation to Kim Jong-un. The only way they're allowed to say love is to do with him. And what he's done through his grandparents, he has taken the gospel of Jesus and put his own name in there. So he said, trust in me, love me with all your heart and all things will go well for you. And then these women have realized, well, hang on, I'm starving. My children can't eat. We're eating grass. How can we trust someone who says he loves us? And then suddenly they have found this incredible love of Jesus. And to worship with them was just one of the most mind-blowing experiences of my life. Why? Because they're broken. They need God for everything. They need him to literally rebuild their lives from the ashes and bring beauty out of it. And he's doing that. One of them called Mrs. Goo. That's not her real name, but that was her code name, which I I thought was really cute. Uh, Mrs. Goo. And she talked about all that she'd done, literally run onto a ship under gunfire in the sight of her son and managed to get out of North Korea. And I said, you know, how did you find the courage to do that? You know, I'm a fearful person. How, how did you possibly run under gunfire to get onto that boat? And she said, Judy, I'd already died in North Korea. And when you're already dead, you will risk anything. And yet, all of the things she went through in North Korea, and perhaps over the weeks I'll share a little bit more, but all of the things that particular lady went through, she got onto this first place discipleship course, and she enrolled rather naughtily and illegally in South Korea with three different churches. Not because she was overly spiritual, but because they all gave her money. (laughs) All right, so she kept turning up going, I'm a North Korean defector, and they gave her money. And, And she got found out, and she got thrown off the discipleship program and she said they were the worst six weeks of my whole life worse than anything she'd endured in North Korea and she said because of the shame of it and because I felt that her father had rescued me and I'm let him down but she said do you know they were the times when I really really grew as a Christian they were the times when I just fell on my knees before him every day, confessing my sin. So even if our thorn is a repeated sin, it draws us to the Father, or it sends us over here away. And I guess as we respond this morning to this message, my heart is that we run towards the Father, towards the bear, towards the power that is in Christ Jesus. 
with our sin, we're all sinners here today, sinners saved by grace. Wasn't it brilliant, those of us who went to Robert Lee's funeral just a, a couple of weeks back? Robert had a lot of limitations in his life physically, and yet the joy that rung out, not only of his life celebration, but out of him, you know, just incredible people testifying, person after person after person, to say, out of his weakness came this joyous, joyous nature which touched so many lives. Not because Robert had it all together. You know, so we can relax a little bit today and say, we have not. The Apostle Paul didn't, and he wrote most of the New Testament. So we can relax and say, our weaknesses are God's opportunity. They are God's opportunity. Now, for some, this will be a relief. For others, this is really hard because you grew up maybe with the conditioner of be strong, have it all, do it, don't show emotion, don't show vulnerability. Whereas actually the gospel of Jesus does point to being vulnerable. Our small group, our life group, our triplet needs to be a place where we say, my thorn is back and I need you to pray. Because someday, that thorn may well go. We don't know what happened with Paul, but what we do know is he said, I tied a messenger on it, but actually I've realized, or tied a label on it, but actually I've realized it's the thing that keeps me rooted and deeply rooted in Christ until the day when everything changes. And our hope and prayer is still that that will happen. But in the waiting, and it's hard, I know this, in the waiting to say, I give you my thorn, I give you my weakness, may it be made perfect as it meets with your power. I'm going to ask us to be still, perhaps the, the band could come up and join me. And I wonder if we could all just think about that thorn that we've named, that nobody else particularly maybe knows about, I don't know. And just think about it for a moment. I'm just going to read something to us as we do. Christianity is a faith that delights in weakness because only in the acceptance and confession of our weakness do we find the supernatural grace and mercy of God flowing to meet our needs. Christ's power can live in me, for when I am weak, I am truly strong. I'm going to pray for us, but I I recognize that this is a process. I recognize that for some of us, this is a real adjustment of thinking. Uh, So do please go to the prayer team or pray with someone you've come with. Just to say, I don't want to tie a message on this that says, I'm evil, that I'm worthless. I want to say, while I have this... I will rely on the grace and mercy of Jesus and actually he will meet me in power. Father God, uh, I just thank you that we don't have to have it all together, that our faith is rooted in the love and mercy of you, Jesus. May we know the peace that comes even from the weight of our failures that are carried by you. We have nothing to prove to anyone but we do know that we are loved by an almighty God. Lord, where we have believed a false message, we pray your truth will prevail, that when we are weak, we are strong in you, 
and you are strong in us. Have mercy, we pray. Deliver us from evil. Give us confidence that weakness and strength come together in you, in the glory of your gospel, Jesus. That even on the cross, we have a picture of incredible vulnerability and yet resurrection power just three days away. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.